Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hey, everybody. Mama T here. Just wanted to let you guys know that the podcast you're about to start listening to is called Coaching and Cocktails with Tina and Brandy of Center Stage Athletics Coaching. And I'm adding this after the fact because we recorded the entire first episode without telling anybody who we were or what we were doing. So if you really want to know more about us and the podcast and what we're doing, listen to bonus episode number one, who and what the fuck is this? And that'll give you more information. But please enjoy the first episode of Coaching and Cocktails. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Oh. Okay, we are recording. So this is our um, first uh, podcast thing that we're doing. Potty webby casty pod webcast web web podcast. Thank <laughs> God nobody can see what we look like right now, and that's why we're not doing it live because we don't have to put on makeup and we can look crazy. Like next time, I'll for sure shower, but probably really not. <laughs> you know, what would be the point of that? <laughs> All right. So, um, so anyway, back to what we were talking about. So, right. um listening to our other favorite podcast, My Favorite Burner, which has nothing to do with training and nutrition. Because um, this, this one will soon become our favorite podcast, this one that we're doing. One, yeah, this one should be everybody's favorite podcast, but if it's not, try My Favorite Murder, because you might learn something about murder, but not training and nutrition. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was really interesting how they were talking about that three to set. So for these kids that grew up in the 70s and 80s as latchkey kids, as I know I did and you did. And I don't even know if we qualify as latchkey. I think our parents just didn't give a shit. And so I think because our parents were just out drinking and drugging and not home to take care of us. I think that's called just feral. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, so we were feral. Um, But I was very, I was a fully functioning feral human. (laughs) But anyway. So that whole three to seven time frame when you're home from school and nobody is there to like care for you and you're a little kid. And so for me, I was like, I ate junk, right? Cause that's all we had when we were poor and didn't actually have like healthy food, but that and that's all they had in the eighties. Right. Was- so I was like, you know, make yourself a grilled cheese sandwich and hope you don't burn the house down or, you know, ramen or Twinkies or Funyuns or what the hell ever. And then I wonder now why, I mean, now I don't want it because it made complete sense, but I was, I always just thought that that was just the time of day. I, I just, I wanted to snack. So like every day around that time, like I get the munchies and I want a snack or I want, that's the time, especially on a Friday, I want a cocktail, right? Like I just want, um, and I guess it's like a self soothing kind of, I think, I mean, I've never, I've never heard that analogy, but when they brought it up and said that, you know, basically most kids in the eighties were emotionally neglected between the hours of three and seven or eight. Mm -hmm. And then you carry that on. And actually now that you bring that up, I think that, I think we accidentally tied that exactly into the topic right now, because why do most people struggle on vacations and holidays? Oh my God. And you know what? That is so true because I, every time I go on vacation, like the minute I get to an airport, I want all the junk in the whole fucking airport. Oh, no, I'm going to the beach. Like if I'm at my, you know, when I go to my grandparents, the, the, I go to my grandparents and I immediately want all my grandmother's like junky food. And then if you're on the beach, forget about it. You're supposed to have like five bags of Doritos and Ruffles and Chex Mix and like fried. What were those things we eat? Fried egg rolls. What was that? The <laughs> one time? It wasn't fried egg rolls. Because all egg rolls are fried. It was um, Reuben egg rolls. Who the fuck yeah. is a Reuben egg roll? <laughs> they were so but, good. but I think that like we accidentally just backed into the topic. Mm-hmm. Because that is really the problem people are having, right? Like, it, everybody understands how to eat. Like, when we ask the question, how do I eat on vacation and when I travel? 
or through the holidays. When you open your mouth, you put food in it. What do you mean? How do you eat? Like it's nothing has changed, right, but I right. think the real question, and this goes back to what we were talking about before, before earlier today that we never got to the answer. What are people really asking? People are really asking, how do I get over that emotional need or um, like inherent emotional desire to do something different on vacation and holidays? Right. When, or when, when I'm traveling in, in general, I mean, even, um, it's even when I used to travel a lot for work, it was just the traveling made me want to eat different. And, yes. and while I know that in my day to day, I, I of course feel better when I'm on track and I'm eating my, you know, more nutritious food or whatever. But for some reason, as soon as I hit the travel button, it's like, ooh, well, let me go, let me have a cocktail on the plane or let me be in the airport and get a bag of M&Ms or like, why? It's stuff that I wouldn't even eat normally, but I think that it, there is, there is some, whether it's from, you know, childhood memories trigger, you know, family vacations always meant, hey, let's go out and, you know, eat different and eat, you know, junk food, you know, same way that people celebrate with food or, you know, um, emotionally eat food or, or whatever. I think that's what vacation and travel is. I guess for people who had happy travel childhood <laughs> memories anyway, I don't know, maybe people who didn't have happy tra travel childhood memories, but um, no, I think, yeah, because why, why is it a question? Why wouldn't you just eat the way you eat every day, right? Like why, why are people even asking, how do I eat? when I travel or what do I do around the holidays? Right. And I mean, that's the problem, right? They're saying, I know that this event's going to happen and I'm going to have an extreme emotional pull to do something I shouldn't do. Cause we can give them all the answers, right? It's all the same answers. Log your food, plan ahead, make sure that you have access to fresh fruits and vegetables and lean meats. Get your good stuff in first, program in your treats, right? We can give everybody. We, we can give you all the answers. Yeah, we give them the answers all the time. And drink your water. But then it doesn't happen. So that's obviously not the question people are asking. They're asking, how am I going to deal with this, like, overwhelming desire to eat an Egg McMuffin? <laughs> Which, like, you couldn't make me eat a McDonald's in normal life. You put me in an airport. Like, I will hurt somebody to get the Egg McMuffin. I can't explain it. It's a bizarre phenomenon. You know, and I, and I know I'm going to do it. Even though I say I'm not going to, I know I'm going to do it. But what do you think it is for you? Like, what, what about traveling makes you want to eat junk or eat differently than you eat every day? And, and it's specific things. I can tell you what they are. You know, it's the Egg McMuffin. It's a Coke. It's um, chicken fingers and french fries. <laughs> chicken fingers and french fries on the beach with a Bloody Mary. So yeah, because that's what we did last year when we did our when we did our business thing in January. We both were like on day three, and our heads hurt from all the work, and we're like, "Fuck it, I'm getting chicken fingers and French fries." And we both had a Bloody Mary, and it was like I didn't even care. Like that's what we were gonna do. But in that situation, we shouldn't care because it was fun and it was fine and clearly a very good memory. Right? So <laughs> it's okay. Like, and that's really the thing I want some people to understand is, yes, if you're like balls deep in prep, you cannot eat an egg McMuffin and chicken fingers and a Bloody Mary for breakfast. Different scenario. If you are the average person just trying to keep on keeping on, it's not always super horrible unless you feel like it's out of control, right? But... If you make the decision, that's what I'm going to do and it's okay because I'm on vacation or because I'm whatever, I'm doing my thing, that's okay. But I think that's the key, right? Like, and that's the key with everything we talk about with nutrition and finding balance and, you know, living it as a lifestyle. One, it's got to be a conscious decision to do it. Um, and not eating mindlessly and not just eating everything because, um, if it's something that, you know, you're not going to 
and, and don't feel guilty about it, right? There can't be any guilt. So guilt comes when you think, oh my God, I've done something bad. I've done something I'm not supposed to do. And then that it's the guilt that, that really gets you in trouble. But if, you, if you're really making conscious, mindful decisions to have something, and, and you know what? In that trip, going back to our trip, our, we had a little refrigerator full of fruits and vegetables and lean meats and water. And, you know, like I had eggs every morning for breakfast and my fruit, the same thing I eat every day. I kept that healthful. And so I didn't, it was okay. I was okay with the fact that I made the conscious decision to have a little junk food one day or, you know, have a couple cocktails while I'm, I'm doing it. And, but it's, you, you have to not just eat everything because so you still have to be really mindful of what you're doing. And I always tell people like, if, if the food is going to enhance your experience or the, um, you know, if you're at a social gathering and having something in that social moment is going to somehow enhance the experience for you. Um, you're at your grandmother's holiday party and she has a very special, you know, thing that she makes and it's like completely laden with fat and fried and whatever. But one, it makes your 90-year-old grandmother happy, um, and it's a something you do as a family every year, then have it, for God's sake. Unless, like you said, your balls keep in prep and your show's the next week, right? But those are the things you have to, but it's, it's all about being mindful about what you're doing and making a conscious decision to do it, and then you know, keeping up with it being a lifestyle. That's what, you know, cause there are no good and bad foods. Foods don't have morals as, you know, um, Allison likes to say, but it's, that's what it comes down to. Yep. And you know, the flip side of that, that I tell people is binging and gorging is never okay. No. There is never a day, an event, a situation where you should overeat to the point where you're sick or unhealthy or out of control. That's a separate problem. Now, I will also say that a lot of, and most of my family, holidays and vacations and whatnot is a practice of binging, like unhealthy, disordered binging. Mm -hmm. So if, if that's your practice, you have something that you have to work on, right? Because that's not okay. Right. But like you said, you know, having some things that are enhancing your experience or relaxing or fun while you're traveling, when I say if business travels may be different, but while you're on vacation travel or on the holidays, that's just fine. If you feel like you're out of control, that's something you absolutely have to address because that's disordered eating. Right. No, absolutely. And I, and I would say, you know, like my family get togethers are not binge fests by any means, but my grandmother always, you know, every time I go, you know, when I go to my grandparents every two weeks or so, my grandmother has to make an angel food cake. Do it. So I'm gonna, you know, and I, I got to a point where my grand, you know, my grandmother's not gonna be around much longer, and I'm not gonna keep saying no, mamma, I'm not gonna have your cake. No, I'm not gonna eat that. No, no, fuck that. You know, it enhances my grandmother's experience for me to have the food that she's offering me. So I have a small piece. I don't eat the whole goddamn cake, you know, but it makes her happy. And so what? And it's totally a thousand percent fine. And like all your rules for the vacation travel and holidays is the same thing. You know, I say to people, like use your brain and it's more about getting your good stuff in. Right. And that's the number one problem I find people have. It's not that they overate, which they probably did, but at the same time, they also threw all the good stuff out. So it's, you know, I lived on, you know, vodka and pizza for four days and also drank no water got nowhere, I didn't get within 600 feet of a vegetable, you know, ate nothing healthy. Well, you just kind of doubled down on your problems, right? right? You know you're going to maybe be in a little bit of a different environment. I'd say that's what you need to plan for. Like, how are you going to get in your good stuff? Because your body's going to feel like garbage if you just try to live on chicken strips and Bloody Marys. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we don't do that, right? Which is why. All right. So you know, sp specifically business travel, right? So when you and I go on our business trip once a week, once a week. <laughs> that would be nice. Yep. Ooh, maybe that should be like a 2020 goal. Maybe I should stop drinking Bloody Marys for breakfast. For breakfast. <laughs> really 
<laughs> we only go once a year. <laughs> so if, when we go on our business trip once a year, the first thing we do is either if we rent a car, we hit the grocery store. And if we're Ubering it, which I think we're doing this coming year, we're going to Uber. And so for the Instagram. love of baby Jesus, everybody has Instacart and whatever. You can have grocery delivery from anywhere anymore. And look, um, if you're staying in a hotel that doesn't have a refrigerator, ask, because you can usually rent one. So even the ones that don't come standard, most hotels have at least something you can rent. And I have a trick to that that I've learned. So I don't know if it's by law, maybe by hotel law. They have to have refrigerators available for women who are pumping breast milk. Ah. So if you say you're pumping and you need a refrigerator, you will probably get one. Yeah. And they're not going to double, they're not going to check and make sure you're actually pumping. Right. And they might not even charge you if that's, if that's. No, I think it has to be free. Yeah. I bet you could even say I have medication that has to be refrigerated. I mean, so. in every Hampton Inn, you're always going to get a refrigerator. I'm sure other places too, but I know for sure Hampton Inns, you always get a refrigerator and microwave. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I think three quarters of hotels have them, but again, you know, cause it always comes up, I'm traveling and the hotel doesn't have a fridge. Okay. Ask, right. ask for one if they don't have one. Um, but you know, that being the case, you know, the first thing we do is, you know, get some basics, right. You know, it's a small refrigerator, so we don't have a ton of room, but you know, I know we both like fruit, so we make sure there's a couple of things of that already cut up fruit in there. I usually grab a bag of eggs. I know you hate the boiled eggs out of the grocery store. Don't give me nightmares. Boiled eggs out of the grocery store. You like, see, I can't do yogurt, so you do yogurt. Oh, I do yeah. eggs. Love my Greek yogurt. You have your banana and your yogurts, and I have my berries and my eggs and my shrimp. And usually I think we get like some cut up fruit, like we might get some carrots and stuff. Mm -hmm. and what else? Um, lunch meat, like lean, yeah. lower sodium, like not as highly processed lunch meat. That's what I ate the whole time I was at my grandparents this past week because it was just easy and that's an easy source of protein to get in. Um, and then, you know, like, so again, we're working all day. So we kind of, that's what we do for our breakfast and our lunch. And, you know, we have some snacks, you know, we always bring like nuts and, you know, we have the fruit and stuff to snack on. And then we usually treat ourselves to dinner. And, you know, it's not always chicken tenders and fries. Like, sometimes it's grilled grouper and rice with a stolen <laughs> chocolate chip cookie. But that's for another story. Um, nobody should I'm laughing because we always <laughs> think we're going to go out. We're going to go out and have a nice dinner. And then when it comes time to shower, <laughs> Uber Eats sounds like such yeah. a better plan. Uber Eats. Uber Eats is the way to go. Um, but, yeah, so... I guess that that's one thing is, you know, trying to, if you're staying in a hotel, if you do have access to a refrigerator, if you don't lie and ask for one, tell them you're, you're if you're a dude, obviously telling them that your pumping isn't going to work for you, but you might be able to say, I have medication that needs to be refrigerated. And you might not have to lie. You could just say, Hey, do you have refrigerators for rent? Since they don't, they don't come in the room. Right. So there's that. Um, you know, the other option, if there isn't a refrigerator, if push comes to shove, I tell people to um, take a bigger soft side cooler with them. And, you know, at a minimum, most hotels have ice machines and bags you can put ice in, put ice in the bag, throw it in your soft side cooler, and then you can kind of keep your, you know, keep some food that way, worst case scenario kind of thing. Um, to keep, if you want to have your food with you. But if you have to eat out for every meal, Again, that's not an excuse to just eat like shit. Just because you have to eat out at a restaurant is not an excuse to eat like shit. And I, and I think I had, I had a client that was always so afraid. She didn't want to offend. So the people around her or the wait staff or the restaurant, and I'm like, fuck that. You are paying for food. You ask for it however you want. Now, there are restaurants that will say no substitutions or whatever. But you know what? Again, lie. Tell them you have allergies, right? Whatever you got to do to get your food fixed the way you want it. There are plenty of what you can go to McDonald's and get an egg McMuffin. And quite honestly, that is not the worst thing you could possibly eat for breakfast. You got a nice English muffin for a carb. You could get X. You can get them with egg whites now with just egg white mm -hmm. or an extra egg white. And the ham is not bad, right? You can get it without cheese if you don't want the extra fat. So there are ways to eat out and not 
completely wreck your diet. But I think eating out is another one of those places where like, oh my God, I'm eating out. So if I'm eating out, then I have to well, eat that's, that That's the issue. And again, like that's the question. And that's really the question people are asking, right? Like, how do I get over the fact that when I go out to a restaurant, I want to eat and drink my face off and I can't or won't stop myself, right? Because every single restaurant in America, I'm assuming, sells salads, sells chicken breasts, right? Like you can all, like my go-to, just cause I'm not big into food. My go-to is I order a chicken breast sandwich, let them keep the bun and a salad. Every place you can go to Wendy's, you can go to, I don't care where you're going, you can accomplish that. So that's obviously not the question people are asking. They're asking, how do I resist? How do I resist my old habits of overeating or overindulgence? Right. The emotional, so, the emotional pull when you're mm-hmm. out of your daily comfort zone of my meals are prepped and I'm on track. So the minute I am out of my environment, yep. I lose my mind. So I think, right. So we keep coming back to this really is a mindset issue, mm-hmm. right? And it could be something, you, you know, and it, it could be something from childhood. It could be like vacations always meant this, or it could mean that, you know, every time my family went out to eat, it was this. Um, but so it, it, it may require you to sit and really, you know, go through that, you know, the mindfulness, okay, yeah. which I tell my clients all the time, like, stop and think before you eat anything, especially anybody who has a tendency to want to binge or just mindlessly eat. Like, you have to stop and ask yourself the question, why am I eating this? Mm-hmm. What is this going to do for me right now? Is this going to enhance my athletic pursuit? Is it going to enhance my emotional state right now? Is it going to enhance my social experience? Whatever it is, right? If you're at a work dinner, is you know, am I eating this because I am anxious about being in this environment where I'm not comfortable with these coworkers um, or drinking, right? I I have clients that drink because they're uncomfortable in social situations. So let me have a couple cocktails to make me feel better. And, you know, so whatever it is, like, ask yourself that question, like, why am I doing this? And then, cause that's what I do. I mean, I literally, I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, absolutely. I'm one of the chicken fingers because I want chicken fingers and I love chicken fingers and I'm okay with eating the chicken fingers because yeah. I had fruit for breakfast or whatever, you know? So But if the answer is, oh, I don't actually really want to eat the chicken fingers. I just feel like Brandy's eating them and she's kind of pressuring me into it and I'm a little uncomfortable with the situation. Then no, I'm going to be a grown up and I'm going to be like, no, I'm not eating chicken fingers with you, Brandy. You can go down that rabbit hole yourself. (laughs) I'm getting the salad, right? So (laughs) I know you're always going to eat the chicken fingers with me. So that's not even really a good analogy. But (laughs) But the point is, right? But yeah, I mean, the point is, if you are doing something that's making you feel emotionally or physically shitty, stop doing it. Right. Right. No, that is absolutely the point. I mean, it's honest to God that simple. If it makes you feel bad, don't do it. If it makes you feel good, do it. There's no magic. There aren't special vacation calories, right? We don't have this magic like they've only shared the secret with us on the vacation calories and let us tell you, here's how you do it. No, you either make the decisions you want to make and you're okay with them. Or if you're not going to be okay with them, make different decisions. It's kind of the answer to everything. Don't you think? Right. Except, so the one thing I'll say, so you said like, if it makes you feel good, do it, except, well, right. If it's going to make you feel bad afterwards. Right. So, right. Right. Like, you know, having, you know, five vodka club sodas is going to make you feel good until the next morning when you feel like shit. So maybe you shouldn't have the five vodka club sodas. Right. Right. Or the chicken Parmesan with the cheese that, you know, you never eat or whatever. You're going to feel like shit the next day. So, um, it's like, it's those, you know, is it going to enhance my athletic pursuit? Because we're assuming most of the people listening to this are wanting to be healthy and fit individuals. Right. Um, or does it, you know, does it enhance you emotionally? Does it enhance you physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, you know, whatever? 
Um, but not just looking at it in the moment, looking also at it in the bigger picture of what it is I'm trying to do, right? Oh, I'm in prep in three weeks out from my show. Yes, consciously, I really would like to eat these, you know, this ice cream sundae. Um, and yeah, I'd be okay with it. But oh, by the way, that is not going to work out for me being on stage three weeks from now. So you have to, you have to take that into account too. So really, it all comes down to being mindful about what you're doing. And understanding where some of this, uh, these, because that is emotional eating, right? Like this whole vacation, you know, thing and um, whatever. But yeah, I think that's really what it comes down to. Because aside from that, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's people aren't asking, what do I do? Because you fucking do the same thing you do every goddamn day. You're just going to do it in a different city or on a plane or out of a hotel room. And you figure out ways to make it work. And, you know, tagging on to your, um, your point earlier, you have to be honest, right? You have to be mindful and then you have to be honest and you don't have to be public with that or, or whatever. But, you know, if you're listening to this saying like, crap, that's me, you know, every time my family gets together, we like binge or whatever. It's this emotional situation. It has nothing to do with the science of nutrition. You're going to have to get real with yourself and you're going to have to walk through that and process it yourself. And there's nothing. Thing. there's no list that we can give you there's there's nothing you have to process that and be honest with yourself and sit with that and it's probably going to suck a few, a few times the first time you go to wherever your favorite restaurant where you normally eat 20,000 calories in a sitting and you have to be real with yourself as to what you're doing and not stick by the normal excuses which you know the most common one I get was like I didn't know I didn't know or I didn't I couldn't help it or wasn't my fault, right? Like I tell my clients all the time, if something off track happens, we'll deal with that. What I can't deal with is people pretending it didn't happen or not taking accountability or acting, acting, acting baffled. So you can't act for their actions, right? Blaming it on the restaurant or my friends or the situation. Everybody around me was drinking and eating. So I had to, no, you fucking don't. Or I didn't know how to log. I didn't know how to log it, so I didn't log it. So I just ate, you know, massive amount of calories instead. Okay, well, you're just trying to preload an excuse to yourself because you're not fooling me. So you have to start just getting real with yourself and process it. And you might, you're probably not going to be good at it at first, right? Like the first time you walk up to McDonald's and you're struggling to make a different change. <clears throat> It might be really hard, right? But you're going to have to, back to your earlier point, you're going to have to have that conversation with yourself. Like, what am I doing? And, you know, sometimes you might screw it up, but you got to be honest that you screwed it up and not pretend like you had no control over it. Right. Because you have control over everything. And the other mm -hmm. thing, so, you know, another thing about traveling, holiday eating is, is the family thing, right? And, mm -hmm. And how much pressure, I know a lot of my clients are like, oh, my family pressures me, you know, maybe their family's all overweight and they don't really get how that you're trying to be healthy and they think you're too skinny because this whole competition thing and they don't understand it. And oh, my family pressures me. Well, that's a whole other issue that you probably have, again, like have to be honest with yourself and deal with because there's probably more to it than just oh, I had no choice but to eat, you know, my grandmother's, you know, fried food, uh, or my, my, they pushed the food on me, and it's the only thing I had. Well, you, you somehow don't have control over your life. And that probably stems from, from a lot of other stuff, right? So it's not a food issue. It right. is a emotional mindset kind of issue that which really all of this comes down to all every bit of this is mental. Um, a little bit physical, but you know, it's, it's, um, yeah. So no, your grandmother isn't forcing her, you know, fried, I'll eat my grandmother's angel food cake, but when my grandmother gets out the fry daddy and wants to like fry up her shrimp and whatever, and I'm like, no, I'm going to pass on the fried shrimp, but I will make the sacrifice and eat the angel food cake. <laughs> like if your grandma is physically or threatening forcing you to the point where you feel like you have to eat, you should call the police. Right? <laughs> if your grandmother is forcing you to eat fried chicken and you don't want to, then don't, yeah, you, you got to push you. Right. Like, <laughs> that might be criminal and again, different podcast, but nobody should be making you do anything you don't want to do. Yep. So, 
that's the bottom line on that. Did we hit all the questions? I know. So, so one of the other questions um, was, uh, so we have like a lot of our clients are shift workers. Mm. Um, so they may be like OR techs and they might be in surgery for eight hours and, you know, can't get in, you know, okay. So first, first and foremost, nobody has to eat six meals a day, right? You're going to eat as long as you get in your calories or your macros, whatever it is that you're you know, working, your goal is you're working towards, um, you know, if you can only get it in three meals a day or God, I would starve if it was only two meals a day. But, um, you know, first of all, if you have to work eight hours without using the bathroom or eating, I think you should just get another job. Yeah. I think that's illegal. I'm pretty sure there's a federal law that you have to have a lunch and, and two 15 minute smoke breaks. So, you know, yeah, you know what? You're right. Isn't that a law? I mean, I'm, so if you're like in surgery for eight hours, you have to be able to get relieved. And I don't want anybody doing surgery on me that hasn't peed in eight hours. No, or hasn't had water because you're going to be dehydrated or hasn't had anything to eat. You're going to be starving and you're going to, you know what? No. And so I, I feel like that's not super legal, but I'm also not working in that field. So nobody get mad at us because we really don't know what we're talking about. But the point is that might be a little bit of an exaggeration. And if you're working a long sh intense shift and you only have two 15 minute breaks, guess what you need to do on those two 15 minute breaks, right? It's not check Facebook. You better eat, you better drink, you better pee. And you know, you've got to use your time wisely. Yeah. And if you, if you really truly only have 15 minutes and you know, obviously the easiest way to get in some nutrition is a, you know, pre-made protein shake or something, you know, like you know, something you prepared ahead of time and how you can throw some, you know, protein and carbs in all in a shake at once. You can throw some fruit in there. You have your, you could literally, if I had to make up a recipe right now, some protein powder, some fruit and some peanut butter, and you have your carbs, your fats, and your protein all in one meal. You chug that shit back and then you go back to work, right? And hey, and you got a little water out of it too because maybe you mix it with water. Um, but you know, there are easy, easy ways. I mean, if you can eat and chew fast, which I don't necessarily recommend because then you're just gonna end up with digestive issues if you're trying to like wolf down a salad in 15 minutes. You know, there are definitely options. It's just making, you know, making sure that you prepare ahead of time because you know your schedule is going to be that way. Like I have a client who, um, she's uh, military and she's always running around in meetings and stuff and she wears um, cargo pants with pockets. Mm -hmm. And so she's always got snacks in her pants at any given time. They're not, you know, nuts or a protein bar or, you know, and no, I am not a super fan of, you know, no, nobody should eat protein bars five times a day. But if that's what you got to do once or twice a day, because you're running around like a crazy person, then by all means, keep some protein bars in your cargo pants or, or your scrubs or whatever you got to do, you know, to, to get it in. Because that's what it comes down to. Again, people are asking these questions because I think they're looking for an excuse not to. Yeah. And it's, you know, you just you find a way to make it work. You ask somebody to relieve you in the OR if you have to. I know I had a client that was in prep last year. She's in ORs as a tech and she did, you know, somebody would come in to relieve her so she could run to the bathroom and shove a shake and then she'd scrub back in. Right. You know, do yeah. your best, right. You got to get a new fucking job. Well, and you know, yeah, <laughs> a, get a new job. That sounds awful. So don't do that job. No, just kidding. We totally love everybody doing those jobs, but you know, I, I like your point, And I think that that's our bottom line is we obviously talk ourselves through this in public. People are looking for us to validate or an excuse not to do what they know they need to do by just sitting down and thinking through it. Right? Like, I don't know, you live your life, you know what you need to do. Think through it. Like how do you do everything else in your life? Right? Does somebody else tell you when to, get up and take a shower and brush your teeth. You gotta think through it. There's no magic, there's no magic formula other than the one that works for you. So, you know, I'm sure you don't want the answer for us to be like, well, I don't know, you're right. You work 12 hours a day, so this is never gonna work. That can't be the answer. <laughs> Sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and figure it out. Right. right, so that's the strategic planning stuff that, you know, we talk about in our retreat, the whole, 
Um, I have a client that's getting ready to go into prep now. And I was like, you know how busy your schedule is. She has two young kids, both her and her husband work. They also do charity work and they own a nonprofit and they are busy as fuck. I said, we are starting prep next week. Sit down, use the strategic plan that you, we talked about in the, um, in the retreat and map that shit out. How are you going to make it work? Because otherwise you're going to be, you know, swinging, you know, by a prayer and chasing your macros every day and running around after toddlers and you're, it's going to be an epic failure. Yes. So just have to figure it out. And, and, you know, I have a lot of clients ask me questions about things. And a lot of times my answer is, you know, go sit down, come up with a plan, run it back by me because you have to come up with your own plan. You have to not only figure out your own life because that's your life, not my life, but you have to have buy into your own plan. So I'm not turning it back around because I'm lazy. I mean, I'm lazy, but that's not why I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it because you have to sit down and think through the shit because if that wasn't already a trouble for you, you wouldn't be asking me that question. So again, the real question you're asking me is, I have a hard time planning. What do I do? It's right. not, I work eight hours a day or whatever it is. What do I do? It's, I have trouble planning ahead. What do I do? Well, plan ahead. Paper and a <laughs> yeah, plan ahead. And then, you know, I'll lend you the accountability and the validation for the plan after you've written it. Right. And I can, you know, I can certainly, and I do, I can understand and appreciate that I've been doing this for 20 plus years. And so it is, you know, easy for me. And I understand, you know, I, I do get that a lot of clients, this is brand new, you know, macro calorie tracking, all the meal prepping, it's all new. So I am more than happy to give some protein ideas, right? Like here, here's some ideas for some quick proteins or, um, but you know, I also say, Hey, a quick Google search will give you probably 20 times more than I could ever give you. Now, granted, yeah, there's a lot of bad shit out there too. So we don't want everybody relying on Google, but, um, you know, if you need a recipe or if you need, you know, something like that, but yeah, you're right. Like we can't, you and I, as coaches, we can't, we're not, there's not a dictatorship. Like I can't tell you what to do, but I will help you with the tools yes to, to do it yourself but i think i think yeah i think we're kind of on to something with again it's like if you're asking it may be looking for an excuse of how i might fail if you don't tell me exactly yes. what to do yes and i well right or like i'm already telling you that i'm going to fail at this and this is why mm -hmm. well no 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 you know there's there's no one way to do this. There's always a way to make it work if you want to make it work. If you've already decided, if you've already decided that you're going to do something other than what we want to do, then you got to be open about that, right? Don't just set the conditions for failure. And you've got to decide in your head because it might be such a habit to like set up this bullshit excuse and you probably do it all. And we, we talk about this in retreat, right? I know plenty of people who that is just their habit, whatever they're doing, they're immediately going to come up with the excuse why it's not going to work or why they're going to fail because that's just a defense mechanism. Right. And I don't think they even know they're doing it. It's such a habit. Right. But when you break that habit, you can move on and actually do shit. Right. But you got to come to terms with really what question are you asking and why? And, you know, create, like you said before, the Google search, you got to create the knowledge yourself like we already have all the knowledge we're trying to impart it on you but you have to be receptive and interested in learning yeah and take some responsibility for your own shit like instead of having somebody tell you exactly what to do which is why we prefer not to do meal plans and you know it's more like teaching people stuff but um so anyway so i think that kind of covered that question another one was so i i guess oh and then we had uh, the no access to a fridge when traveling we talked about that lie and say you need one um and then get your groceries and put them in there. Um, holiday eating, like if I really, again, it really depends on, and this is holidays, parties. This goes for all years, not just holidays. Because again, holidays are a reason for people to binge and eat, you know, eat like assholes. And it's not like you're going to eat the same way you always eat, right? And if you want to make room for a special holiday meal, and again, it's friends, it's family, it's enhancing your social, 
experience and you want to have a glass of wine and the turkey and the stuffing, have it all, but don't binge on it. Don't eat until you feel like you're going to need to go to the hospital because you're having heart palpitations, right? Like you absolutely enjoy it. And, but it's not, it's, it's, again, it's people just looking, it's the same thing we just talked about with traveling and vacations. It's like, I'm looking for an excuse to eat like an asshole. Right. Because it's the holidays. Because that's what everybody does. Societal norm says it's the holidays from Halloween until New Year's. We just eat like assholes and gain 10 pounds. Well, fuck no. Like, why? Why? Why Why is that? Why is exactly right? Well, and the why is, whole point of this, it's that emotional trigger. The holidays are an emotional trigger. And once you work through that, you know, if that's a problem for you, then it's no longer a problem. The food is never the problem. The food is never the problem. Like food, what is it that you say? Food doesn't love you back. Food doesn't have feelings. It has no morals. It has no morals, has no feelings, has no emotions, doesn't love you back. Mm -mm. It's It's a one-day relationship. Food, you love food, but food does not love you back. And food isn't bad. Right? Same thing. Food is not bad. Candy corns are not bad. I don't fucking care what anybody else says. Candy corns are not bad. Um, <laughs> I saw a meme the other day because, you know, people, everybody beats on my fucking candy corns and I don't understand why. But there was a meme the other day where, where it's it's talked about, you know, those orange circus peanut, peanuts? Yeah. And somebody was like, everybody's over here, like, beating the shit out of, like, candy cords. And meanwhile, these god-awful, like, orange circus peanuts that over here, like, completely unscathed. And nobody ever talks about the orange circus peanuts, which, by the way, I also like. Really? See, I I mean. So when I say like, like, if they were available, which they, it's, I'm not going to buy them. But if they, some, if I was at somebody's house and there was like an open bag of them, and it'd be like, oh my God, kindred spirit. Yeah, I'm having a peanut. Oh, but that's not. It would enhance my social, um, it would enhance my social situation because it would connect me with the person. <laughs> because I feel like the people who like candy corns and circus peanuts are few and far between. So I feel it's like talking about murder. Right. Right. Which, I mean, by the way, when I was at that party on Saturday, because now I tell everybody about it, and um, immediately <laughs> it was like I I started talking to the girl that I ran into. Cause I'm just like, Oh, do you like true crime or whatever? I don't even know how we got on the topic. And suddenly everybody around us is like, Oh, I'm not like, what are you talking about? I was like, what? I don't understand why you don't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> and you know, so I had that recently too, where I don't remember, I was in some social setting and somebody brought up, I can't even remember, but some like serial killer situation. And so I start of course asking details and everybody got weird and awkward and tried to change the subject. Mm-hmm. Do people really not like her? <laughs> well, because people have the wrong idea about it. Because I mean, Eric, like Eric jokes that, you know, he's like, yeah, my wife's going to, you know, fucking kill me one day. And I'm like, no. Like, I'm fascinated by the psychology of it, right? So bringing our obsession with murder and murder podcasts back to what we're talking about. It's, I'm, I just love psychology and I in the mindset of people who are willing you know to do horrific crimes or the people who survive them or or you know just fucking learning more about how to stay safe which doesn't necessarily bring us back to nutrition and training but that's kind of though you know the whole my point earlier that don't ask questions if you're not willing to learn or do research or become educated and I think my, we've talked about this a lot. My thing about true crime is I want to know it all because I want to have every opportunity to beat a serial killer, to beat the system, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm obsessed with it because I have to know all the info. I'm not just standing around asking somebody like, well, how do I not get killed by, not that I think I'm going to get killed by a serial killer, but you, you, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Or, and I also may or may not be turning my five-year-old into a serial killer. I'm not. <laughs> No, because you're good. She's going to get surgery, and she's no longer going to have sleep apnea, and then she's not going to turn into a serial killer. 
solving problems left and right. right? So nobody, so people don't, it's not about the murder. Mm-hmm. It's about the um, learning, right? And, yeah. and bringing it back to our own pod web cast thing. Um, yes, it's about taking responsibility for your life and yeah. learning so that you, one, don't get fat or get murdered. Right. Yeah, don't get fat or get murdered. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So there's there's the answer to life that everybody's <laughs> don't get fat and don't get murdered. Um all right, I just want to make sure that we covered everybody's questions. Oh, um somebody had a question about when you're traveling out of the country and you're trying to log like foreign foods and things like that. All right, so I'm gonna go out on the land. Okay. So if you're traveling for work and you're in the midst of contest prep and you really need to stay on track with your, your, your tracking, then do your very best to find whatever the fuck you just ate in my fitness pal so that you can log in. If you are traveling out of the country on a once in a lifetime, two week vacation, trekking across Europe, don't fucking log your food. I mean, and if you want to loosely log it, fine. But, you know, trying to use scanners in a foreign country isn't always going to work out. I guarantee you most of what you're eating is in there somewhere in some way, shape, or form, right? Like, if you don't know the name, so maybe the name of it isn't in there, but you know you just ate some kind of chicken breast with tomato sauce and olives. Yeah. Log some fucking chicken breast, tomato sauce, and olives. There's probably some olive oil in there. Log some olive oil. Oh, and you had a piece of bread. Have some bread. You know, log a piece of bread. Like, Try to, I mean, if you're, if you've ever eaten food in your life, you can sort of pick out what the fuck you're eating. Right? <laughs> or don't eat it. Like, oh, this tastes like tomatoes. I think there's tomatoes in this. Oh, there might be some garlic. So pick apart the ingredients and do your best. And okay. you know, like, I get that question a lot. Like I didn't know what I was eating, so I didn't know how to log it. Why the fuck are you eating stuff that you don't know what right? it is? If you don't know what the fuck you're eating, so that's a whole other thing too, right? Yeah. Honestly, if you can't name the ingredients of what you're eating because it's just this big mosh of like crap, then don't eat it. Eat it, right? right. For that's brilliant. Sure. Don't fucking eat it. If you don't know what you're eating, why are you fucking eating it? <laughs> I just would not eat that because that sounds scary to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Like, I need to know what's, so just like with murder, I need to know what's in my fucking food. Right, for sure. And, and you know, again, it doesn't kill me. And it's just shoot. another excuse. Yeah, right? It's just another thing you're telling yourself. I couldn't log it, aka be accountable, because I didn't know what it was. Okay, that's insane. Like, that's not going to hold up in court. Right. So, you know, yeah, if you're in a foreign country and you don't speak the language and you have no idea what's in your food, you know what? That's probably uh, you're on a vacation of a lifetime and don't worry about it. Yes, totally the right answer. Do you do you and that's that. Right. And enjoy, you know what? And in, 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 a, in, an, um, in a situation like that, you should be enjoying the culture. Like you shouldn't, you know, and again, so I had a, I had a client that traveled all through like Greece and Spain for like three weeks, her and her boyfriend, literally like the, you know, and she came back like maybe a pound heavier, if that, and they were walking all over the place. They were experiencing all the foods, all the tastes, all the sounds, all the, you know, a couple of cocktails, they're not big drinkers. Um, But, you know, she wasn't gorging herself either. She was like, oh, let me have this small amount of this for breakfast and a small amount of this for lunch. But you want to experience those things. So by all means, do it. But that doesn't mean you have to eat, you know, everything in sight. You know, when you go somewhere, like I think when, um, when one of our clients went to New Orleans and she was in the middle of prep, like she really wanted a beignet, right? So she made sure she had the calories for a beignet because that's a big thing in New Orleans, right? So you you just have to, again, it comes back to common sense, being mindful and not to make excuses over these situations that trigger emotional, like I should be out, you know, I want to party because I'm vacationing kind of thing. Because um, that's really what it comes down to. Amen. Holidays and travel, right? Yep. I think that that is just don't get weird. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Don't and get don't, weird. Don't get fat. Don't get murdered. Don't get fat and don't get murdered and don't get weird and it's all going to be okay. <laughs> and it's all going to be okay. Except, 
you better never show anybody the video of this because it looks like I got murdered at some point. <laughs> All right. So, you know what? We never um, introduced our uh, web podcasting. Um, so I think we're calling this coaching and cocktails and this is our first one, right? Yes. And we did actually talk about coaching and cocktails. We and we prepared cocktails while we were coaching. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, we, we super prepared for this, so I hope everybody enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and um, so this is our first one. So hopefully you guys will give us some feedback on how this works for you. Um, and um, we'll come up with some other topics to talk shit about. <laughs> it's candy corn week for you. This is your a big week for you coming up. No, no. So no, because I already, oh. I've already had my candy corns. I've had oh, my, yeah. I've had my fill of candy corns. I'm good. But I did treat myself to some ghost peeps. Oh, you know what? I just saw those on Pinterest. I need to find them, not to eat them. Actually, just for decoration, because. I don't, I don't want to eat those. But. <laughs> well, when you're done decorating with them, I like the stale ones, so you can give them to me. So again, clearly, what we have learned from this podcast is that Tina likes all the junk trash candy that nobody else likes. Look, I love a peanut butter pump, a, a Reese's peanut butter pumpkin. Don't get me wrong. Love peanut butter and chocolate. But this girl is about as trailer park white trash as they come, and candy corns and peeps were a staple. So you know what? And... Going back to our topic, it is something that is nostalgic for me. So it is something that I treat myself to every holiday. Look, I could buy candy corns all year long because they do sell them in the candy aisle in little mini bags, little rocks, but I only get them at Halloween. And no, I'm not gonna get the, all the other flavors. No, 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 I'm not gonna get the caramel. I'm not gonna get the Easter flavor when they come out at Easter. No. It is a Halloween treat that I treat myself to every year and I don't feel one bit bad about it. And you shouldn't. Mine's Coke. I used to, my grandma used to always have Coke at her house, like back in the 80s when we didn't know it was bad. And, you know, I know I can't have... Battery acid off of car batteries. <laughs> Cigarettes and Coke would later be bad. I mean, it's the world we live in now. But, I mean, same thing. When I make a decision, I'm going to do it. It's fine, and it's okay, and I don't get weird. Just don't get weird. Don't yeah. be weird about it. Don't be weird. It'll all be okay. It's just going to be fine. It's just going to be fine. All right. So, well, all right. So, I'm gonna, we're going to sign off and hope you guys enjoyed our first Coaching and Cocktails webby podcasty thing. Yeah. Um, I guess it really is a podcast because we can see each other, but you're never going to see us no. because you shouldn't. This is going to be the lost files of the non-showered, no makeup. We get weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. We did get weird. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. All right. Bye.